Um, so I'm taking a preaching class right now, and in it I learned that our clothing should not be a distraction. So I just wanted to wear this up here for a minute, and then I'm going to take it off. But we met a really um, fashionable Nepali girl named Rojina, and this is how she likes to wear her scarf. So I wanted to model it for you guys. Um, I just got back from a missions trip to Nepal, and I just want you guys to see the amazing Nepal team. Um, we are currently wearing our Nepali fashion, and so we want to model it for you. And the gentlemen even have something to wear. So if you're on the Nepal mission team, please stand to your feet. Stand up. <laughs> Brady, stand up. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> so my name is Rona, and I'm going to share my testimony of this trip for you guys. One second. <clears throat> all right, so... um. As Myungwa Anni shared today, Jaimashi is how you say hello in Nepali to another believer. So, Jaimashi to you guys. Um, <clears throat> the title of my testimony is, I cannot fail. I cannot fail. And I'm currently being discipled by Pastor Erin um, through Emmaus Campus Ministry. And she always says that to me last semester. But it kind of like made me feel so much pressure when she said that because I was like, I cannot fail. I cannot fail. But, um... <laughs> That actually means it's impossible for me to fail. And I think that um, this trip really showed me what that means in a personal way. So um, we saw amazing things happen, as you saw in this video. People were being healed and delivered. Um, a young generation was really being stirred up to revival. People were being physically healed and set free. People were being called into ministry. But for me personally, um, Nepal can be wrapped up in a passage that the Lord used to speak to me a lot during my trip there. From Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6. Can you guys turn there with me, please? Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6. Okay, so verse 5 says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. So one of the first mornings of our trip, our team leader, Pastor John Michael Becker, who's serving at the Itaewon campus, he had us meditate on this passage. And... Um, if we take this passage seriously, it means that no matter what we do, we can't fail. We are destined. It's written for us that we will be victorious. Whatever we put our hand to, we will see victory. It's already chosen for us. Um, the, the, we will always have victory, and the promise is always that we will end with a beautiful inheritance. To me, this passage translated into two truths that were established in me during the time in Nepal. One is that I cannot fail, and the other is that there is always grace to cover me. Before leaving for Nepal, I was actually going through one of the most difficult seasons I've had. Um, I felt an absence of his presence for a really long time, and um, just a lot of my passion was kind of like sucked out of me. Um, I felt quite isolated and alone in it, and it felt like I was really being shaken in many ways. And I don't have a crazy, powerful revelation from that season, but through it, God gave me only the simple truth that my heart and my flesh may completely fail, but that I cannot fail, ever. It is not written for me because he holds my lot and he has assigned me my chosen portion. And this simple truth, I believe, is what God wanted me to minister out of while in Nepal and also as an Emmaus campus pastor upon my return. 
There are three experiences from this trip that stuck with me the most, and I want to share those experiences with you all. Um, one of the first things that I want to share with you is something I will never forget about this trip, and it was when I got really sick. Um, I know that New Philly was contending for me, so thank you guys for your prayers. But um, yeah, I just woke up one morning, and I was feeling extremely nauseous, and I had momsal. I didn't know what that was until I got it. Um, and really crazy body chills. So my nerves felt like they were on fire. And just if someone just patted my back, it would hurt really bad. So I was really miserable one day. And I was, um, if you were in Sunday Swim, you, you heard Pastor Christian talk about self-pity. I was really throwing myself a big party and feeling quite pathetic the whole time. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, the worst part was probably the lies that kept coming at me. Like, you know, Rona, you're the team doctor. You're not able to take care of people because you're just laying there. You don't have energy and joy. What can you offer? You're only here for a week and you're wasting time. Uh, look at you. Um, especially during one ministry time, it was really difficult. Sky Brady and I were sent off to this village church, the three of us. Sky preached an amazing message. And Brady and we were all ministering in this small room, and there were so many people lined up for physical healing. They wanted to get prayer, and they were hungry. They had the faith for it, and God was healing people left and right. It was there that we saw a blind woman be healed. Um, just crazy stuff happening. And I could tell God was healing, so I wanted to be in that room. But I was so weak that day, and I became extremely nauseous. And I stayed and stayed until I had to sit down in the room. I couldn't stand up anymore. And then finally, I left the room. And I felt miserable. Um, those people were waiting for so long to be ministered by us, but I couldn't keep going. And um, it really felt like I had failed. On that day, though, the next destination was Hanguk Inn. We actually met at Hanguk Inn, which is like this Korean restaurant that they wanted to take us to. We met with um, Pastor Furpu, who is a pastor to Tibetans and Tibetan Buddhist monks. He's actually converting many monks to the faith, and they're going out into like monasteries and converting other. It's really cool. He's got an amazing ministry. So after we prayed for him and like just really learned from him, we sent him off, and J.M., Pastor John Michael, J.M., he sent off the rest of the team to go eat. But him and Skye stayed with me, and they just told me to rest and go to sleep. So I fell asleep, and when I woke up, I found seven layers of jackets on top of me. So I guess that as the team left, each of them laid their jacket on me and prayed for me. And um, to me, those, those layers of coats just represented each of their hearts, their love, and their prayers. In my weakness, I was spiritually and literally completely covered. And in that moment, God whispered to me that I cannot fail and that there is always grace to cover me. <clears throat> The next day, I woke up completely healed. It was also the day we set off for our seven-hour adventure into the mountains to go minister and hold a revival service um, into a village called Hitalda. I always say that wrong. Hitalda. Hitalda. Okay. <laughs> Pastor John Michael told me I would be sharing my testimony at this service, and that's where we would be pressing in the most and expecting God to show up with glory and rain down his presence. We were pressing in for rain. And the day of the revival, we walked into the church. I think you guys saw it on the, the clip, but it was the, the bigger room where you saw a bunch of people dancing around and jumping. And when I saw the young people, um, as I stood to give my testimony, looking at their faces, it was so amazing. It really stirred me up. Um, when I first came to Nepal, it's such a broken um, place. It's like Kathmandu is the capital city, but there's so much lack of infrastructure. There's people just walking the streets, and there's no electricity for certain hours. Um, a sense of hopelessness started to rise up in me when I first arrived. But when I looked at the young generation, 
all of that was gone, and I was filled with so much hope for the nation. Um, God had placed revival fire inside the hearts of these young people. It was written in the destinies of these people that they would be carriers of redemption to their families and to their nation. I felt so humbled and honored that our team got to fan into flame the fire that he had already started to burn in that church. It wasn't like a weakling church. They were on fire for him, and his presence was very thick. Um, there. I shared my testimony, and after I finished, about five girls swarmed toward me. They told me how much my story meant to them, how they had went through similar things, and how they really got a picture of God's power through my story. And up until this point, I had been quite unable to get excited. I'm being really honest right now. Moms, I'm being really, okay, Pastor, I'm being really honest right now. Okay, I had been in, unable to get excited or feel assurance stepping into full-time ministry as a college pastor. I knew in my spirit that it was right, But as far as my heart, um, I was just trusting God that it would come into alignment. But seeing these young faces really sparked something new in me. I began to see that God had called me to this generation to break the strongholds in the lives of these young people, to release them into destinies that will change their nations, and to ignite a new fire in their hearts for the Lord. I felt so honored because the Lord had entrusted Emmaus to steward and shepherd a generation that he's going to pour out his spirit in, in a way that we've never seen before. We get to shepherd that generation, and it's so exciting. So I started to anticipate my start date as a college pastor a lot. Um, yeah, so the second experience I want to share with you is during ministry time at the second session of this very revival service. God moved in a really special way. Um, Pastor John Michael preached a message about God's presence raining down. And instead of a normal altar ministry time where our team is standing up here and then everyone's crying and then we go and lay hands and people are falling and crying more. um, Instead, he had us stand and wait. And so basically, we just waited for a really, really long time. We worshipped, we prayed, and then it got to be where we just stood in silence. Like... Just silence. The whole room of like 150, 160 people were silent. And it was like that for about 45 minutes. Pastor John Michael kept saying, God, he kept saying, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. And then like nothing was happening. So, man, it like was so crazy. But that was what happened on the outside in the natural. In my spirit, however, so much was going on. It was during this time of waiting that I discovered how powerful knowing that I cannot fail really was. I found that when you are not led by anxiety and fear, it really frees you and opens you up to discern what God is doing and really ride the wave of what what he's doing. And um, God was really moving in that 45 minutes. What I experienced during that time was um, just different waves of his presence coming. The first wave felt like fire falling on the room. And that's when, like, a a couple people started shaking and crying. And then it was like his winds were coming in the room. And I got this picture of people just, like, of, um, like, a crop in a field kind of swaying to the wind. And I opened my eyes, and the entire room was swaying in unison. And then then God whispered, the the rain is coming. I opened my eyes, and the praise leader on the keyboard, he let out this, like, strange roar. And that roar, it like opened up the floodgates because as soon as he let out that sound, I got crazy holy laughter. And then I looked around and everybody's shaking. Um, people are like crying. People are being healed and delivered. And some people started thudding and hitting the ground. We hadn't even moved or touched anyone. The rain had come that day and it was amazing. Um, 
Yeah, when the floodgates of heaven opened, it was a moment of glory and joy and beauty. I really wish I could capture that moment for you and live in it, but I think heaven's going to be really, really great and somewhat similar to that. Um, his presence was so good in that place. Um, and the cool thing is, if I had let spirits of anxiety fill me up during that time, like, what are we doing? Why are we waiting so long? What is JM thinking? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Blah, blah, blah. Then um, I would have missed out on that beautiful moment. And communion with the Spirit. God would have poured it out anyway, but I would have just missed out knowing what he was doing all along. Um, and after a while, Pastor John Michael let us go have some fun and lay hands. So we went, we went wild and started ministering to people. Um, I had a really good time ministering and praying for people in the back of the room. But then this like little girl in a pink princess dress started tugging on my hand. And I think you guys saw it in the video, but she's like, she was the one like praying and she had this pink dress on. Did you guys see her? Okay, so she started tugging at my hand, and I was like, what are you doing? I'm ministering here. Like, people need me to pray for them. Leave me alone, little girl. You're so annoying. Go play, you know? You're not, you're not contributing anything. <laughs> but then she kept tugging at my hand, and in my spirit, God was saying, Rona, you're, you're better off listening to the little girl than yourself, so go follow her. So I was like, okay. And so I went with her to the front of the room, and there was a group of girls um, just, you know, spending time with the Lord. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get her to stop bothering me so I can do my thing. And I lifted up my hand, and I wasn't expecting anything to happen because, you know, it was so random. But I didn't even touch a head. I lifted up my hand, and this girl thudded to the floor. And um, because I wasn't expecting it, like, I had no, uh, like, hand to catch her. And, um, you know, my drop record is zero, like, before I left the trip. I think I'm a pretty reliable catcher. And um, I was so unprepared for this girl to, to fall, though. And so, um, yeah, she thudded. David on reached for her. I reached for her, but we couldn't get her. And then um, I raised my hand, and then each girl that the, the little girl led me to was also being ministered to in the same way. And I was just like... If I had been so concerned about doing everything right, doing everything in the right order, doing everything according to my own agenda, I would have really missed out on that blessing. It's so amazing to see how God moves. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so it was a cool trip. And I would like to remind you guys uh, one more time about the passage we started with. Um, Once established in the truth that God had chosen my portion and my cup, that I could not fail and that there was always grace to cover me, the last part of the verse says, Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. The day I got back from Nepal, I found that my father had passed away that very morning. And as I grieved the loss of my father, um, I also really did not want to go home. My family back home on my dad's side is very broken, so going home did not seem like it would be a place of refuge for me, but instead that I would be pouring out, and I really felt like I didn't have enough to pour out to my family while also grieving myself. Um, But I knew that God was calling me home. And so at a May staff meeting a week ago, Pastor Aaron um, prophesied over me that the breaker anointing she had been stepping in in Thailand is also my inheritance and that God would multiply what I had, um, just like Jesus multiplied fish and bread. You see, through Nepal, I learned that I could not access my full inheritance until I was established in the truth that I couldn't fail. I had to be taken out of a place of performance, striving, and fear in order to receive fully my inheritance as a son of this house. At College Welcome Sunday almost one year ago, only a few months after I had come here to Korea, I gave my testimony of how God had changed my life in Emmaus four years ago. 
One year later, I stand before you now as an Emmaus College pastor, but more so just a son of this house who has a deeper understanding of my inheritance. And as I leave for Arkansas this Thursday, I leave walking in and established in the revelation that I cannot fail, that I am covered in grace. I leave not thinking that I am now fatherless, but that I am a son. I leave not as an orphan with no inheritance, but as a son with a beautiful and rich one. I leave knowing that my destiny is not one of sorrow and despair, but instead with the revelation that the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I am not dry or going to run out. Rather, he has anointed my head with oil and my cup will always overflow. I do not go home weak and weary, but with a restored and quieted soul from being planted in rivers of life and peace. I do not go with defeat or fear filling me, for I now have full confidence that I cannot fail and that indeed I have a beautiful inheritance from this house. So thank you, New Philly, for sending us to Nepal. It was an amazing trip.